I'm Gabs. And I'm Liz. And welcome, and welcome to, to their, their Tropes Battle, Battle for Dominance. For dominance. Oh my god, Liz. Whoa. The last time we said that, we were in person? Whoa, together? We were live or something? Oh my god. Whoa. Um, so hi to all of our new friends who found us from ColossalCon East 2023. That was one of the best times ever. It was so fun. Like, Literally, actually so fun. One of my favorite cons ever. Like we, I, I we had so much fun, and we not did. just you know the panel. Obviously, the panel was a huge highlight, but the con itself was just so lovely. And I love friends. Oh, uh, so fun! And you know, like the difference from like when we were freshmen in college and first went there, we were like, it's fun, but like, yeah, you know, like once you're it's okay. And now when you're twenty one plus, <laughs> yeah. that's the best. Con now ever. that I can go up and get my little blue drink, my little blue slushy with a and lot of alcohol, sitting sit in, in the back of the hot tub bar with my friends, buzzed out of my mind, to playing fucking mafia. No, um, excuse me, it was Among Us, Among Us IRL, mafia. and I. I won because nobody else knew what was going on. I kept, I gaslit everyone. Liz committed a hate crime. (laughs) No, I literally, like, I was, so we, it was first round we killed people, and the first things, once, like, the round starts, I go, I saw Nick Vent. Half of us have also never played Among Us, and the other half had never played like any ga- game of Mafia. So people I have never were... played Among Us. I, yeah, I, I know, never... but people were just very confused because they didn't realize Among Us is like based on Mafia, basically. Yeah, so... it was so funny. <laughs> I saw Nick Vent number one. <laughs> I was okay, like, Nick, guess... Nick, fuck you. <laughs> I definitely uh helped with that. And um, then, and then Harrison helps the next round by just blaming Michelle because that's what we do because we love Michelle. <laughs> but so Harrison took the round with that and I was like, I agree with Harrison. And then I won. Yeah, it was it was very fun. Um, we made some friends whose names I don't remember <laughs> played Among Us with us. We were the most obnoxious people in that hot tub. No, it for was sure. so, but it was so was fun. Loud, Everyone was, was loud really though. Fun. Yeah, we were just, I think, in the middle. Which made it worse. But it was, it was very fun. I would not change a single instance of how that weekend went other than, you know, some cosplay malfunctions. But other than that, it was so fun. Liz and our other Ruby Sky did so amazing in the Idol Showcase. Uh, we st- literally we stayed for that and then we were, we dipped were the first act. <laughs> yeah, so we were like, I was like, that's my Ruby. Immediately and dipped. Like, Alright, so bye. <laughs> See you guys later. Good job. <laughs> I was like, I'm so respectfully like I I'm not in the idol scene anymore at all. I've tried to get back into it, but I'm not. I enjoy seeing idol performances, but only if like I don't have something else to do and I had something else to do so I had a yeah. had a dip um but it was fun and then of course the Omegaverse panel which we have some notable highlights from oh um, so many great highlights first of all um we started the panel off by joking like everybody better take notes there's gonna We're be gonna a, give quiz. a quiz <laughs> and, and people took notes multiple people multiple groups of people took, took notes. notes I feel like I need to give a special shout out to the Homestucks in the first round they they were so so funny. eager. Handwriting notes, handwriting Hand notes. pages of notes showed it like they should flipped us through. And they, I haven't been able to find them after. So if you're out there, um, I think it was Dirk and Dave. I might be crazy. I, I don't, don't remember Homestuck. I know Homestuck. you don't. I, Nick told said those names, so I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm like ninety percent sure at least one of them was Dave. Um, so Homestucks from 2023. Please show them to us. I am begging you. They were amazing. That being said, I did find one person who um, had notes who did also show them us after the panel. However, I barely remember that them showing it to us because at that point I was so drunk. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready to change into my horror outfit. So I was like, I got to dip. But um, we, ha- I have, um, I, I don't want to like say their name just because they, they ex- specifically PM them to me. So I don't know if they want their name attached to this. So we're going to use the letter. We're going to use the letter K for them. Um, mm-hmm. But um, our good friend Kay said that their husband, who was raised as a cult Christian, um, had never experienced a megaverse before. And she brought them to our panel. And um, the husband took, like, so many notes. Like, actual notes. Actual notes. So um, we're going to read through them. And for anybody who's uh, like, what the hell? Like, what panel did you do? 
literally listen to episode 21. That is our panel. panel. We we use the exact same notes. We just made it shorter. the exact same fanfic. We do use the same fanfic still. Um, We might change it up if we Hallmat takes this again. That's another story. But um, we use the same fanfic. So it's literally episode 21 modified to fit within an hour. So um, we... Sorry. Someone's printing something in my basement. I do hear it, but that's okay. I think it'll be nice background noise. Someone will be coming down for the printer. Okay. Do we need to pause? Uh, they might come down and yell at me. I don't know. Okay. Do you want me to, I'm going to pause. Okay. We're back. Sorry. Um, (laughs) we didn't want to interrupt our amazing storytelling. So, um, Liz, you want me to just read them off or do you want to read? Yeah, you could. I got you. So, um, it's titled Omega Verse Notes. And then is Omega Verse a trope? Question mark. And then, um, not calling it A slash B slash O because it's a slur, which we did talk about in the original we, episode. We did not specify it's without the slashes. Yes. It is a slur. Yes. If you have the slashes in it, it is fine. Yes. That just be, I would just ask that you guys be careful, especially around Australian spaces. Um, and then sexual hierarchy. What the fuck is this? Apparently it's about porn or porn related. Can't lie. I thought this was about the movie Alpha Omega. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Fair enough. Alpha doesn't mean misogynistic, but it means dong is huge. Something about the knot of a wolf penis. I'm not sure what's happening. I just love the line, alpha doesn't mean misogynistic. (laughs) Which is so true! Okay, alphas don't have to be misogynistic! Um, uh, Is this about real wolves or a sex thing? I'm still not clear on this. All caps. (laughs) Self-lubrication! Oh, it's like a vagina thing. I was wrong. It could also happen with men. I need to die expeditiously. Mm-hmm. Omegas can be empreg slay, <laughs> which is like me and Liz's favorite <laughs> favorite. No. Omegas can be empreg slay. Soulmate signs, zodiac stuff, I guess. Alphas do love bites or something as like a sign of ownership or something. Not sure on that. Alphas get possessive. Omegas are subs. Something about horny syncing up. Supernatural the show. What the fuck is happening, dude? <laughs> Mitch male omegas. <laughs> I think I'm learning. They're reading fanfiction erotica now. Meeting on the sidewalk? Omegaverse lawsuit? Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Artists don't... And here's my favorite line. Artists don't like drawing boy pussy. <laughs> okay. K-pop crossover. We'd love to see it. I have no idea what's happening. Statistics. 55% of Omegaverse is rated explicit. Lots about nodding and sexual assault. Who is this for? Which, to be clear, Liz and I just make it very clear that, you know, there are sometimes sexual assault or dubious consent elements to Omegaverse. Not it's all. Not always, it's not always. majority, but, it's... but the elements are there. So we, like Liz said, we'd like to make sure everybody is warned. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Exactly. You know. Fandoms with the most work is supernatural. These statistics will come in handy later on the pop quiz. Why is Yuri on Ice related to this? What is this? What? Is this about the Yowie? Hannibal, the show, I assume, is big on the fiction in Omegaverse. Teen Wolf fanfiction being read. This makes the most sense for this to happen to happen. That's why we chose it. Exactly. That's why we chose it. Shout out to Derek. Derek. (laughs) The people writing these fics need heat suppressants. (laughs) Um, I really like to. Someone left a comment. They were like, styles but like you know with like the demon emojis (laughs) if you guys don't remember i have a really fun voice for that thick and it's styles (laughs) wait they went to the omegaverse episode and that's what they commented no 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 they commented that on the um oh on the facebook yeah the facebook post but um yeah still uh i was very happy that people appreciate that voice because like liz and i have also said before we don't do this to make people horny this is you do it to fun. make them laugh. It is amusement. If you are getting horny. You're in the wrong fucking place. Yeah. So um, we were very excited about it. Um, I I have a, a couple things to talk about. And then, Liz, I'm going to let you have the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I caught up on my reading goal. So for those unfamiliar, my reading goal for this year is 55 books and 23,000 pages. Um, I've been behind by at least a couple thousand pages and, like, three books for the past, like, seven months because I just have had no time. Um, I started reading uh, from Blood and Ash uh, series last Monday. I'm three-fourths of the way through book four right now. 
each of these books is like 600 pages. I'm currently a thousand pages past my reading goal right, right now and like a couple books ahead of my goal. And I'm going insane. And the like, respectfully, the plot is bad. And there's so many plot holes. And I'm like, wow, this writing is so bad. And then I'm like, in the beginning of this book, I immediately clocked this like relationship. And then, you know, halfway through the book, she's like, surprise, relationship. And I was like, hello. <laughs> Like this, like this, I, this is not like it's meant to be not obvious, but I'm, it was the most obvious thing. It, anyway, so the writing is bad, right? But the couple, the main couple, mm-hmm. has my soul in like a death grip. Like, not even like because like horny grip, because a little bit of that, but like the the dynamics are everything to me. And I was talking to my Chilumi friends on Twitter earlier today and had this realization because I you know picked up my phone while I was reading to respond to them. And I was like, oh my God, the couple from the series is basically Child and Mumin from Genshin Impact. No wonder. <laughs> I am so fucking obsessed. It's very much like touch her and die, but also touch him and die. You know, like equally powerful partners who, like, part of, like, them showing their affection to each other is, like, hurting each other physically, but not, like, I'm going to kill you, but, like, you're pissing me off, punches you in the face, like, that kind of shit. And I'm like, ah! Ah! I'm not, I'm not going to, last time, I, Liz had to stop me from talking about a book, um, which, and that sequel's coming out in uh, a month and a half, so I'm going to be inconsolable then. But, um, oh my god, I, I'm going to stop myself there. But, like, if you like the series, talk to me. Because also last night I found out the fourth book that I'm reading. I got a randomly signed copy. It's, like, like from the author. Like, she hand-signed this book. And, you know, like, I know you don't use Barnes & Noble anymore, Liz. But, like... No, they they sometimes have it. I've, I've gotten, like, a signed copy. Yeah, but it'll before. say, like, there's a sticker on the front yeah, that says usually. signed copy. Mine doesn't have that. Oh. Like, I just picked it up off the shelf. I didn't even see that. And I opened it and I saw it. Because I, when I open a book, I never skip to, like, where the words are. I always flip through each single page because it, like, helps me settle into the book. And I saw it and I literally froze. It was 2 a.m. last night and I was like, oh, my God. I, like, screamed. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. Um, Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna leave it there because um, we got to hear from Birthday Girl. Yeah, I turned 25. Oh, That's you sound crazy. so excited. <laughs> so enthused right now. <laughs> Honestly, it's so cute because the my favorite gift that I got mm-hmm. was um my friend Harrison like made me memes for my birthday. Aww. <laughs> like and like actually I think was like the sweetest thing because like I was talking about this and I'm like how, like you have friends who like send memes to you but like how many friends do you have that like actively like make memes and have them like actively be funny. And like, like Liz, that's literally how I fell for Nick. <laughs> like I don't no one like well like I yeah, Nick, but like it was like Harrison Harrison does that and just Aww. it was just such like such a cute birthday gift. Like that was honestly my favorite birthday gift this year. That's um, so sweet. I went I went out to like dinner and drinks with some friends. Um I like slept all day yesterday. Slay. I don't know. Nothing much has changed. I'm just twenty five. Yeah. Yeah! I can rent a car. Yeah! You're now in charge of uh, the road trips for cons because we'll rent a like, massive U-Haul or something. Oh, I, can't drive a, I can't drive a car bigger than uh, I can't drive a big car. That is very fair. I just hate to break it to y'all. No, that's fair. But I, yeah, so um, another news, Liz and I are also reuniting this weekend because uh, yeah. Liz and Nick are big like spooky season people and I'm Party. very much go along with the flow so we're going to go check out um, a very spooky area together and have fun so um we've taken i think a long enough on this intro (laughs) but it it needed Um, to happen okay you told me that someone did you like see that someone responded to our poll i don't know what it was yes so spotify um which we we used to use anchor and spotify owns anchor now so they automatically add like a Q&A thing to every single episode um, that we publish, if you've noticed it, where it literally says, like, what did you think about this episode? And anybody can respond. And then we're able to publish up to 500 responses. Um, we've only ever had like like two or three responses before. And I think they're published on the episodes they're on. They might not be published. I'm not sure. But they've never been like it was usually from like friends. It wasn't really ever like someone we don't know. And they were, like. We know that people listen, right? Like, we, we can see the statistics. We know we have listeners. 
Um, not counting the bot. We had a bot last week that listened yeah. to us 150 times in one day. <laughs> You're we like, oh, I mean, we were like, this ain't normal. Um, but besides from aside from the bot, um, like we we know our listeners, like right, like we we can put statistics to them and dem- demographics to them. So we know you guys are real people, but it's really jarring sometimes to remember that there's actual people listening to me say these things. I know, <laughs> but really want to give a shout out to um, the person going by the name Wolfstar who com- left a uh, published com- a comment that we published, and if you'd like us to unpublish it, we will. But um, they left a comment on episode 80, which one was it, 82, uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And they just said, this episode is really good. If you want any other fake dating books, a good one is They Hate Each Other by Amanda Woody. And that's something that I'm definitely going to look into now. Especially Liz is going to look into now. I'm literally about to add it to my Goodreads. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that was on our episode 82, the Spanish love, um, the basketball love deception where... Liz was reading the Spanish Love Deception, which is why we were talking about it, and we talked about fake dating and uh, and Kuroko no Basket, and you know went really like far back to our middle school roots of like that kind of thing. And yeah, it was, it was a fun episode. So thank it you, is queer fake dating. So I'm very excited. To Ooh, read this. okay, even better. I'm so excited! Oh my gosh. So yeah. So um, just want to give a shout to that, and now. 15 minutes later, Liz, take it away. Oh, um, so I guess that show's kind of a big thing for this week. That's okay. But, I got um, assigned a big one. So this is just going to be a, kind of a long gap. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I chose Cyberpunk because, like, I don't think we've, like, covered it. And I actually, like, I really like the aesthetics of Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. I, I, I consume some Cyberpunk media. Not, like, a ton. Um, Did you watch the anime? No, um, I, I feel like you would like it. Blade Runner twenty ninety nine, and it's on my bo- like list to read the the book it's based off of, um, which is I believe Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep, and I'm just I I enjoy the whole cyberpunk genre because I think the aesthetics are really cool and like um yeah I just I love the aesthetics I love whenever people post like cyberpunk esque videos on TikTok so I was like you know what. I don't know what to do, so we're gonna do this. Um, but um, so essentially, it's like a subgenre of science fiction, and um, some like there's some canon fandoms with it, like Blade Runner, The Matrix, as I said. Um, yeah, and um, so there's also a lot of like fandoms that like to use it as like an AU or like a stylistic mm-hmm. choice, or um, yeah. So I actually got a lot of information on it from TV tropes. Because the fan lore article is really short, because they are essentially just, like, cyberpunk world, but AU, so I just wanted to, like, kind of, um, go a little bit more into, like, what it is, why it is what it is, and kind of, like, the main, like, features of it. Okay. Um, I'm learning. So, it's obviously speculative fiction, um, it's kind of censored around, like, a world with, like, advanced science, um, information technology, computers, and networks, which are the cyber aspect of cyberpunk. And the punk aspect of cyberpunk is a breakdown or radical change in social order. So usually these are, like, kind of, like, dark and cynical within tone. Um, there's, like, a lot of aspects of it taken from film noir or, like, another, like, detective mm-hmm. Fiction and they that. do it within a dystopian electronic society kind of thing. So, um, like if you like watch a lot of these movies, usually like you'll have like it, you'll you'll see like the detective influences on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also called techno dystopia sometimes. Okay. Um, yeah, I've never heard that one. Techno dystopia. Hmm. So usually, like, they'll take places in, like, the middle of, like, the city, like, city noir, or, like, maybe in some, like, more, quote-unquote, rundown areas of the city. You know, like, I feel like, you know, there's, there is obviously, like, the bright and shiny aspect of cyberpunk, like, ooh, this is so cool and bright and shiny and new, mm-hmm. but, like, there's also, like, the media itself usually typically focuses on, like, the crime aspect of it, um... And, like, you know, usually, like, within this world, like, technology is used like for the sake the of, like... Like, the rich have access type? 
Um, no. Um, everyone uses it for, like, profit and whatever, like, they want. Like, they, they kind of, like, it, it's used a lot for crime, like, essentially. And, like, you'll usually be, like, within the undergrounds and blah, blah. Like, so, like, the higher ups will abuse crime, like, the, the technology, but they'll also abuse their power as well. Versus, like, people who are more, like, um like, in the underground really have to use the technology to kind of, like, get ahead. Um, they also, like, love to, like, nickname their cities. Like, they'll be, like, New Neo City or Neo City, New new This City. And, like, they, they love, like, the, I don't know. Neo is just a name that's used a lot within, like, like Yeah, uh, I feel like it means, like, town. new, right? Yeah. Um, but so usually, like, the people that we follow in these stories are um computer hackers rebels anti-heroes um and usually they're they're considered like within this society like criminals outcasts visionary visionaries dissenters and misfits um you know once again calling calling back to that film you are like private eye of detective um fiction you know like they're they're in the underground they're like not usually like the bright person you want to lift up as like this person solved the crime usually they're like a little like skeevy or they might use like unnecessary like force to get their way and stuff like that um and like you know usually this will also like focus more on like the misfit aspect of it henceforth the punk um and usually like the the villains of these stories are like police states are like multinational conglomerates led by powerful businessmen and, or corrupt politicians so usually it's like this big bad that they're they're going against they're going against this society which i feel like is another kind of aspect of punk like they go against like yeah, the system society the society and so that's like cool um so um i feel like it would be hard to talk about cyberpunk without talking about like the east asian influences oh, that like definitely. come within it and like um like the article i'm looking at doesn't really touch on like there the east asian fetishization that does happen through cyberpunk um like it really like it takes it like almost like this is the idealized and like they take a lot of aesthetics from that idealized like hyper technological like hyper like street signs and like all of these kind of um, Asian influences. So usually, like the the like this literally like the 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 TV tropes article literally goes says Asian sounding advertisements, consumer products, brand names, and anime influences. And so it, it it's like really those are the things that you'll see within like the cyberpunk world and is is incredibly popular. And I mean, it's not like it's it's used because it looks cool within the world itself. I mean, um, but it's, once again, like, we have to talk about how, like, Mm -hmm. it leads into a lot of, like, fetishization of, you know, these, uh, countries, and, um, yeah, and, like, they say, like, this was specifically in the 80s, but, like, it is still very much commonplace today, and I think still most of what you see within within like cyberpunk uh worlds and um i feel like it would be hard to talk about cyberpunk without talking about this uh the scientific philosophy of transhumanism which is where like essentially like irl humans will have like sorry artificial limbs cable jacks in their skulls that like let them yeah like reach artificial like realities. the skull ones are the like wires are yeah, like, they'll have, like, literally, like, shit they, like, put in. It's so cool. Um, and, like, cool is no, a word. Cool. I think it's sick. <laughs> Body um, mod is kind of scary to me, so. Oh, uh, that's fair. Um, you know, like, there's AI and artificial humans, and, you and like, a lot of times these will be, like, the corrupt beings within these stories, which um, we should all take as a warning. Sorry, I won't get into that. But, um, you know, um, like, a lot of stuff is online, and... Sometimes they, they, they like dive into these deeper themes of like, like the loss of distinction between real and artificial. And, um, it's just like kind of just like a cool way, like where it's like, it's, it's like very much within philosophy. So I can't like break it down into like, you know, 
But it's the question of like, what is human and what is non-human? Like, can we even measure that? And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's pretty cool. I really like cyberpunk and I like, I mean, I love science fiction. So it's just like kind of an extension of science fiction, but like usually within our world and with aesthetics, I really like. So I'm I'm like a big science fiction fan. Yeah. I mean, we know cyberpunk fan. Um, I don't usually read fan fiction within it. I don't know about you, Gabs, or if you consume any media that is cyberpunk-esque. Um, the closest I got is I watched, like, two episodes of the cyberpunk anime before I decided it just wasn't for me. And, mm. you know, I, I liked, like, The Matrix and that kind of thing. But, um, I'm not, like, like I said, body mod can be kind of scary to me, so I tend to avoid it. Yeah, that's super fair, and that could be a very large portion of certain uh, of these pieces of media. Yeah. I always love, I love, um, did you ever get on your TikTok where um, it was, like, essentially, like, these slideshows, and they'd be, like, uh, like, it was almost like, a, like, dress-up games, and they'd be, like, choose your life in a fantasy world, and you'd have, like, different options, like, you'd have quote-unquote different options, and, like, mm-hmm. it'd almost be, like, a dress-up game, <laughs> so it'd be, like, your castle, dress your hairstyle yeah and they would i would always get them for cyberpunk and they always had like the sickest fucking aesthetics and so they would have like choose your like like your your artificial like mod like so you could have like eye things or you could have like like things it was super cool oh my gosh but definitely like weird and kind of scary to look at for some people but very cool to me because i like (laughs) Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. I mean, I've, I guess it also, like, kind of complains to, like, the horror-ness yeah. of it, which is something you're very into as well. Yeah, and cyberpunk stories usually tend to be, like, very dark and, and gritty. They're not usually, like, sunshine and rainbows. I mean, we we talked about, like, the punk aspect of it meaning, like, dark and dystopian and stuff like that. You know, I saw, like, actually online um, a couple weeks ago something pretty cool where it's, like, almost, like, I'm comparing it to Burning Man because it's just, like, within the essence of, like, one of those festivals you set up and you take down and, you know, you're in the middle of a desert. But they did, like, a cyberpunk one. Oh. And I'm, like, that'd be so cool to Wait, go like, to. real? Like, they like, really did this? Or is this, like, Yes! What? It's real! That's I saw cool. it. I'd have to look up the name of it, but I'm like, that's super sick. That's something I'd want to go to one day. Just because I feel like it'd be really cool to, like, make cyberpunk, um, like, outfits and, you know, go and, like, you, you role play like you're in, in, like, a cyberpunk world. And, you know, you have, like, the nightlife. And obviously it's not, like, super true to cyberpunk because cyberpunk usually takes place within, like, a city. But, like, they emulate it as much as they can. It's just, like, really, a really cool idea, in my opinion. Um... Yeah, I love cyberpunk so much. I-, I could go on and on about the things I liked. So um, I guess why don't we move to the, the fic I chose? Um, I can't say how great it was because I'm really tired, so I didn't read it. Okay, fair. But I did choose a Destiel fic. Oh my because, god. Like, I don't, I, like, I, I've never watched Supernatural, but I feel like it's been so long since we've read one. And I think I chose to read one last time we read it. So I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Let's do it. So this is called Angel 1105, or 1105, however you want to say it, by Mal Muses on AO3. Maybe it, like, maybe the 1105, like, means something in Destiel world. Yeah, maybe. I don't fucking know. We we don't go here. (laughs) Um, You know, let us know if that means anything. Um, Thank you. But so the summary of it is, criminal angels can't be trusted on the streets alone. Dean understands that. He knows that people like him, people with the spark, have a civic duty to bond with an angel when called upon by the city, to become a, to become a familiar, to control the angel's access to the terrifying power that they wield, to keep them leashed. But bound to Castiel, Angel 1105 has never felt like a punishment. And um, I, Dean is like essentially just like, I believe like cyberpunk cop essentially in this mm-hmm. um i mean i think for like right now i can read for dean because i think it's from his perspective mostly you could read for castiel i, I don't know okay sure okay slay so i copied a lot of this uh we'll see where we get and in what time so yeah 
Uh, no other parts of Dean's jobs gave him the, the happy tinglies, quite like arresting drug dealers. He's I a cop. love <laughs> No! He's a cop. Liz immediately is like, oh my god, it's gonna be so fun, we'll read SDL. By the way, he's a cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're continuing on. Not least because knowing Dean's p- personal history with the pushers ruining families, Cassiel always let Dean get in a few- <laughs> He's a corrupt cop. They're both cops! <laughs> in before he took them out. Being the biobot muscle of the team, Castiel is expected to do the Oh, he's a robot! Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, On paper, at least. Realistically, they are much more of a team than than most in their situation. There's nothing uh, to set that night apart from normal. Crouching next to Castiel behind a wooden, huge wooden crate that rested precariously on a layer of broken pallets. Dean could feel the angel's heat all down his right side when they were pressed together, thigh, shoulder, hip. There wasn't much room, but neither of them cared. Personal space became a non-issue once they had bonded. The warehouse they were investigating, an abandoned, hulking jumble downtown, was littered with huge, dilapidated iron pipes that leaked and dripped brownish metal stains onto the concrete below. In the warm night air, the smells of rust, stagnant water, and old sweat mingled, leaving a metallic tang on Dean's skin. The noise of a distant generator was the only background to the ping, ping, ping of the blinking, frazzled neon signs overhead. New Kansas something something imports. There's the new, guys. They're New Kansas. Um, <laughs> it read what exactly was being imported, long lost to age and crime and dirt. The sign clinging feebly to life illuminated the side of Castiel's face, barely a foot from Dean's own. Um, I just want to like make a note because like as we're like we're seeing like these like dilapidated like rundown kind of like mm-hmm. worlds like once again as I'm saying like there's like there's like the bright shiny beautifulness of like that cyberpunk can have but a lot of times these stories like focus on that like rundown kind of side and that's usually yeah. what I think of. Almost, that's what like, I think of too. Where, but I always think of it as more as like there's like an upper class. That yes. gets the shiny new, and then everybody else has to deal with the gutters, basically. Very, and it's like, like it's arcane. Still, it's still ve- much more, like, technologically advanced than our society, so it's still mm-hmm. really sick. So I just, like, I I love cyberpunk so much. Oh, my gosh. I will continue. His features were ethereally angular, shadowed dramatically by the intermittent blue-green, blue-green light. His eyes, Dean thought, were probably made, made all the more beautiful by the colors, but he couldn't tell. Cassiel had fixed his gaze directly forward, tracking the two points of movement on the far side of the warehouse floor. Keep your eyes on Alistair, Dean had said. So, of course, as literal as ever, Cassiel didn't even look at Dean as he whispered his observations. This is Cassiel. Oh, okay. Uh, The woman with Alistair might be Ruby. I believe her face has undergone modification, but all other patterns match. Gotcha, Dean murmured. Any others? Uh, this lighting is taxing, even to my eyesight, unfortunately, Castiel confessed. But I can't pick up any other heat signatures. Nonetheless, I am obligated by protocol and by my fear of Captain Harvell to suggest we call for backup. Before they'd bonded and Castiel was transferred to work with Dean, he'd been a soldier. A propensity for protocol was definitely useful in the police force, but by Dean's measure, Castiel took it a little too far. Dean suppressed a snicker at Castiel's response. Joe Harvell was Dean's boss at the station, a rising star of New Kansas PD, and a childhood friend. Her temper was legendary. Cassiel claimed that Joe's voice could reach levels that gave him oral hemato- hematomas. Oh, Dean I know what those are. <laughs> Dean, Dean thought Joe just had a short fuse and didn't trust Cass, which, well, he got it. He didn't like it, but he got it. Cassiel was an angel, and a bonded angel at that. A criminal who wouldn't be suspicious of him. Other than Dean, obviously, he trusted Castiel with his life, blonde or not. Dean belonged to Castiel, heart and soul, even if the droid didn't know it. Nah, Dean said, reaching up to the collar of his uniform shirt. With a practice motion, he wiggled off the top the top couple of buttons and roughly yanked the material aside, exposing his shoulder. There were small rippling sounds causing Castiel to sigh. He was the only he was only one out of the two of them who could sew. Dean grinned in the dark, nudging his bare shoulder against his angel as he said, We've got this, right? Right. Cassiel echoed, his 
eyes still fixed ahead. Ready? Dean asked, setting his feet and holding his body still in his crouch best he could. Worthlessly, Cassiel finally drew his eyes away from Alistair long enough to flick them to Dean. His nod was barely perceptible in the shuddering neon flashes, but Dean knew it was there. It always was. With a tiny drag of his tongue over his lips, Cassiel reached up between their cramped bodies and wrapped his hands over Dean's shoulders. As his fingers lingered on the hand-printed-shaped scar Dean wore from their bonding years ago, his eyes sparked with gas flame. Dean's bones vibrated, and he tasted Castiel's electric magic on his tongue, sweet and sour. Ooh, I don't like magic. that. <laughs> I say I don't fucking like that. See, as a as a fantasy reader, I'm very used to authors being like, "Tasted magic," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's normal." Uh, the book I, series I'm obsessed with right now—they literally just like the character, like the main character, can sense emotions, and she describes mm-hmm. them all through taste. Sweet and sour, like fizzy candies and citrus juice. He bit down on his lip, fighting to keep a grunt behind his teeth. It took uh, it only took a second, connecting to give Castiel back access to his power, albeit temporarily. But it always seemed longer to Dean. Time passing and lazing, spurting glugs as he watched the blues of Castiel's eyes swirl and shine. Castiel drew his hand slowly, his fingers lingering. These brief moments, touching the edges of their bond, were the closest humanoid contact Dean ever felt. Cassiel always ensured that uh, the parting was gentle. Is that okay? Yes. Ready? He hissed out low, a fresh <laughs> gravel to <laughs> a fresh gravel to his voice. He frowned with energy, and in the warm space uh, beside him, Dean could feel the air swelling with static and heat. Let's get him, buddy. Dean answered with his back supported supported by his bullet bullet and laser proof vest. Dean sprang up and over their concealing crate in a move. His 40-year-old body would surely protest later. In perfect unison, they burst across the warehouse, a synch- uh, synchronicity of bullets and searing so. blue light. Um, There's, like, a break in the story yeah. here. I don't know if we want to move on to your I think this is a good place to, yes. like, leave it, personally. Um, but, yeah, that was that was cool. Um, I know you were tweeted out by the magic taste. I don't like magic taste. Sorry. <laughs> I'm used to it, so... Uh, the magic taste and magic. It was normal for me. <laughs> Alright, um, moving on. <laughs> uh, well, actually, first, I gotta, we gotta wrap that part up. Um, Liz, you're gonna read Cyberpunk. Yeah, I like Cyberpunk. I usually read it within, like, the media that it's, like, made within versus, oh, like, fan so fiction. I, that makes sense. I don't really read a lot of fan fiction. Um, that is in cyberpunk worlds, but I do enjoy media that takes place in it. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to assume it's a no for you, Gaps. I mean, yeah, probably a no. I don't think it, the world intrigues me enough to, like, make me want to read it. Yeah, that's super fair. I got you. All right. So, yeah. um, yay, moving, moving on to me. I got randomly assigned pining, which is why this is going to take us a minute. Um, because... It's pining. Yeah. <laughs> so pining is a very popular trope, but like also you guys know like as, it as a word, right? Like pining, like to want after someone, like desperately so, um, in a way that almost consumes you is how I would describe it. So yeah. I, Liz and I love a good pine. <laughs> I love pining so much. Uh, Holy shit. It. Pining is literally like the butterflies in your chest when you think of your person. Like, I love pining. Oh, it's so good. And so, you know, most of the books I read have a lot of pining. Like the almost, you know, the entire first book of the series I'm obsessed with right now have just pure pining, so, which made, you know, when they finally like do get together, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, finally. Right. So like pining literally just makes the release so much better. Um, and the release, like, I mean, like, yes, sexually, but also just, like, the release of, like, the tension breaking in general, like, whether it's them confessing or them, you know, just having a very, like, brief kiss, like, anything of them finally admitting their feelings. Fake dating has the best pining. I agree. It has such intense pining. It is always so fun. Um, Holy shit. But yeah, so pining you would see most often in fanfic, but it does show up in, like, you know, videos and fan art. Oh, and I, you know, most of my notes are fan lore. Um, 
But in fanfic, specifically, pining is when one character spends a significant portion of the story loving another character in their secret heart, but not saying anything, usually because they assume the other party isn't interested. Meanwhile, the other party is um, sometimes written as oblivious, usually to a ridiculous extent, to the pining character's feelings, or until they get hit by like a bus and they're like, oh man. Um, other variations will include both characters pining for each other while being oblivious and one character knowing all along. This is usually called mutual pining. Mutual pining is my favorite. Like, I, I'm not big on, like, just pining. And, and then when they finally confess and the character's like, oh, yeah, okay, I, I can work with... Like, no, no. Like, both people involved have to, like... I love them both just being involved. And then one of them confessing and being like, I know you, you don't. liked me too? Yeah. it's always like, I can't confess. I can't ruin our relationship. But they're both thinking it. So you're just like, confess. Please confess, both of you. I... I'm not going to spoil something, so um, I'll talk about it later when people have more time to easily skip a spoiler um, for, like, a very popular media. Anyways, but um, in some pairings, one character is more likely to be cast as the one pining for the other. So not to, like, throw us back, but if you remember the Tamaki and Haruhi um, days of Oran, like, almost every fanfic that would have the two of them, and I mean, because it was off, it happened in the show with, with Tamaki pining after Haruhi and... Harvey being like, yeah, okay, I guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting over a cold. Uh, so <clears throat> my throat just clogged up. Um, but, like, you know, I remember in being in middle school and reading, like, devouring fan fiction of Tamaki pining after Harvey. And, like, that's all I cared about. Or, like, um, in, Hina- in Haiku Fix, something that we read often on the show, Hinata usually would be the one pining after Kagayama, and that's usually how it's written, and Sometimes they both pine for each other, but usually it's, like, not the secretly pining, and it's his POV. Um, so that kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. most, but not all of them, but most fan works that use the pining trope, they end up, you know, with them getting clued together. in and getting yeah. together, happy ending. Um, the ones that don't end in a happy ending, I don't read. I'm sure you read them, Liz. I don't. I avoid them. Uh, um, you, like, where them. they don't have a happy ending? Yeah. No, because, like, I like when there is the angst, but I like it being resolved in the end. Okay, good. Like, I don't like where it ends really sad. Like, I I like, like, you know, where they're pining and then there's the misunderstanding. So it's like, oh, they don't like me. And then they're really angsty for, like, like, a week or two and then they get together. Yeah. And then, as you know, Liz, and I'm sure the audience is tired of me saying this, I hate miscommunication. That's my least favorite trope. And it happens a lot in pining because yeah how else because you have to keep it going for so fucking long like it's not pining unless like you know the character doesn't other character doesn't realize that they're you know so and so character a is in love with character b right like that's Mm -hmm. so there's gonna be miscommunication like character a will say wow i really admire your strong handsome features and character b will be like oh man like they think I look like so-and-so. <laughs> or, 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 man, they, always, must, they love broad noses. They must love character C. <laughs> and it's like, definitely not me who also or, has that trait. Right, right. Or, or oh my God, you saved me. How how could I ever repay you? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> like the miscommunication, even in the smallest moments, kills me. Kills me every time. I want to like strangle these characters, like rip the pages and just like... Kiss. Um, yes. Anyways, but yeah. So um, there's a bunch of tropes that almost always involve pining, or, or like basically can't exist without pining and a happy ending at the same time. Or some of them can't end in a sad ending, but do involve pining. So um, this would be, of course, slow burn. Slow burn doesn't always have pining. You sometimes will have just characters that slowly do fall in love together, or you know, but like. I would say in a lot of slow burns, you usually have at least one character that falls first. So, and then because it's so drawn out, it ends up being pining. Uh, Friends to lovers, again, not always, but more often than not, I would say in friends to lovers tropes, you tend to have like one character who's like, I've been in love with you since you were children. And the other one's like, Oh man, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know. The other so. one's like, I just recently figured this shit out. Yeah, and the, and the guy, character A is like, I've been waiting for you. Character B's like, that's a little creepy, man. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, bro, I was a kid. <laughs> Not forgetting the fact that they were both children at the same time. You know, that kind of, um, I love mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and then Hanahaki disease. This is one where they have to have hiding. 
and because there's unrequited love or at least suspected unrequited love. And we covered Hanahaki disease twice now. So you can go back in the past for those. Um, I think it was like episode eight, somewhere around there the first time. Yeah, we real fucking far back. So, um, but um, TLDR, I would say Hanahaki tropes usually end with not happy endings. Um, you know, so the kind of the Saturn side of pining. And then the didn't know they were dating trope. So, like, this is when character A and B, like, everybody, or like, or at least, like, character A and B, right? They're, this is a thing. And character A is like, wow, I love my partner, character B. And character B is like, character A is such a great friend taking care of me like they do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, very much like the himbo bimbo energy. Of, yeah. Like, I would die for you. And then character B is like, oh, what a good friend. <laughs> I love them. They're such a great friend. Such a good friend. <laughs> like friend zone, but like character A doesn't yeah. realize they're being friend zone. Love it. Um, always ends in a good explosion. Um, pretend couple or fake dating. Like Liz and I were talking about. I don't think we my, need to say more there. We we read my favorite like fake dating thing. Did we? Yes, we read it on the podcast. Ducky College that- you? It was the Stucky College See, they all, like, no, Liz, they all blend together for me. No, 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 no. So. No, because this one is, like, specifically, like, my favorite fan fiction. Is it one that I read? Yes. Which one? But, um, it's, like, the one where, um, Steve is, like, roommates with, um, <gasps> Oh! Yes! yes! That's my favorite fucking one! It was it's a good one. So Do you remember the when we covered so it? Was it in the fake dating episode? I'm I'm going back and finding it. Okay, I'm going to assume it was the fake dating episode, so, but you guys should read that one. I It all just came back to me. Such a good fic. One of my favorites, for sure. I understand, Liz. I fully get it. No, it was, like, actively, like, I think about that fic. Like, I don't go back and reread fics. I go back and reread that fic. I do reread fics, and I would reread that one. It, it's also very much, like, the entire fic reads like a rom-com in the best way. I'm such a. I'm literally. I'm trying to find. Liz is like. I'm gonna read it tonight. No, I'm literally (laughs) gonna read it tonight, and I want everyone else to go back so that they they can, um, so they can also. um, Okay. While you're looking for it, might have it might have been it, and they were roommates. Forced proximity slash Hogwarts era. That's probably what you said. She also introduces a fic that makes Gabs actually want to read MCU fic. I do think that's what it was. Yeah. Episode 66, y'all. That fan fiction, please go read all of it because it's... It was good. I devoured that one. It's so I think I read it all within a day. I was, like, live texting Liz, like, oh my god, Liz, you weren't kidding. I swear to god, that's, like, the best fan fiction I've ever read. Okay, sorry, continue. Um, the next, we have mutual pining, which we did talk about already, just, you know, couple of er, part person a person b pining for each other and pining while fucking <laughs> is when the characters are sexual relationship usually it's like you would see this like in uh friends with benefits where it's like yeah it's just sex and we don't love each other but like usually one or two of them definitely love each other yeah usually both of them definitely love each other and uh it, it, you know and they're like you can separate sex from love i can't who said I didn't love you? <laughs> you know, like yes. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. Um, I really liked the description that Fanlore used for this too. Like this might cause the sex to stop, often leading to deliciously angsty but easily resolved misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> I love just the deliciously angsty. Anyways, um, I have two fix because both are pretty short, like thousand words less type. Um, and one of them has no dialogue at all. So we're gonna do the one dialogue first. Um, and then the second one that I chose, like, I'm going to talk about, I guess, what's considered spoilers. So that's why I put it second. But this one is actually from a fandom that I don't think we've read fic for before. But I was really into um, this, like, series, The Magicians. But specifically the oh. show. I've not gotten around to reading the books. I know the show and the book are so different from each other. And that's why fans of one don't necessarily like the other. I have a feeling I'll still like the book regardless. So I do want to read it. Um, but... Like, during, like, sec- like going into year two of COVID or, like, finishing up year one, right? Like, if we're sitting, like, it started, like, April, March, May kind of time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, so, January was when they released the vaccine to, like, people, like, certain people. And then by February, I qualified for it. So, I ended up traveling back to Georgia because I was living in Massachusetts with Nick and his parents. And I traveled back to Georgia um, to get the vaccine. And um, 
while I was there for like a month, because I had, you know, I had to get both doses. So I was, and I was recovering. I mm-hmm. binged like all of the magicians and there's like six seasons or something. And each episode's like an hour long and like they're long seasons. Right. And I binged all of that while I was home and like just unhealthily obsessed. And to this day, like I like the music in that, like I literally look up the covers um, on YouTube, just listen to the characters singing again. Cause like, such a good show. So good. Um, the last season and a half, yeah, kind of ass. So good. But so good. Um, I so recommend it. Liz, I actually feel like it might be something you like. Even though it's like magic, it's very much like people describe it as like dark adult angsty Hogwarts. Um, but like maybe a lot more gruesome. Um, it's fine. Yeah, maybe. It's 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 very much dark academia, which I know you would. Ooh, yeah, I'll read it. You just have to say dark academia, I'm in. You just, like, even if, when you finally catch up to Grey's, try watching it. Um, when you find that Yeah, day, I took a break go. from Grey's so I could watch Gilmore Girls. So You're so real. I've been meaning to watch that. Oh, it's so fucking good. Oh my oh, god. Maybe that'll be so my next show. Good. Anyways, anyways. So, it. yeah, Magicians. Um, it's the uncertain called the Uncertainty Principle by Lazarov, L A Z A R O V. Um, it's rated mature and it's between Q and Elliot, which is like a ship that like I was into but not like obsessed with, but like I very much was like, yeah, these guys need to get it out of their system and fuck. Um, so I, you know, I I could see definitely the pining um in this ship. So this is a short one. I'm going to read for Elliot, and then I'll have you read for Quentin. Um, so I think he it starts with Quentin's line. Okay. Guys, guys, I think I have an idea. If you would just... He watched as Quentin frowned at himself. One of those continual little moments of self-doubt that punctuated his every contribution to every social situation. Sometimes, Elliot would feel a gentle tugging in his chest. A thin, thin thread tied round his sternum, begging him to step in and break the awkwardness and offer a reassuring smile, maybe a brush of knee against knee under the table. But instead, he usually, always, did nothing. Just watched as Quentin trailed off into a mumbled, Or you know what? Or you know, whatever. And chewed at the inside of his cheek, waiting for someone else to take over the conversation. It was one of the many small secret things about Quentin that Elliot guiltily treasured. Things he loved, things that made his heart ache, things that made his skin flush, things that got him hard. A hundred little details he wished he could hold in his hands, but he had to pretend not to notice for fear of somehow tarnishing them, as if Quentin's personality tics might be subject to Heisenberg's fucking uncertainty principle. And so Elliot observed them from far, uh, far mentally snapshotting them and filing them away. Um, and then, wait, you start. Start with? I think, yeah, it starts with you. Okay, see, the gods are these giant rams. Like sheep? No, like rams with the big curly horns, giant ones. And one is gold and the other is gray. And they're twins and... Jesus, Quentin, I feel like you're giving me a fucking Zodiac lesson. He pretended to hate the way Quentin managed to simultaneously be a weird, dichotomous contradiction of self-conscious loser and shameless, effusive nerd. Really, though, his stomach burned like a belly full of whiskey when Quentin's eyes lit up at trivia and children's book references and the most mundane magic. Everything was just so spectacular to him in a way Elliot couldn't grasp. He wondered how broken he must really be if Quentin Coldwater, diagnosed depressive, could feel the kind of stinky, <laughs> acute joy. No, like, this show literally starts because he tries to kill himself. Like, I love how it's just diagnosed depressive. That's thing. literally his entire thing. He's like, I tried to kill myself. <laughs> like, yeah, and everyone's like, you're not special, dude. Diagnosed depressive, okay? It's so fun. I would watch it with you. It's so fun. Oh, Um, yes, yes. Cute joy that he couldn't seem to capture. That kind of elusive fucking butterfly that always swooped free of his net. He wondered if the pain in his chest, the kind he felt when Quentin grinned at him all lopsided and puppy-like, was some sort of aching happiness on Quentin's behalf, or maybe self-pity, or else a strange, disgusting mix of both. Are you nearly at the man bunch? Man, and this is Margot. Are you nearly at the man bun stage, Q, or are you growing it out so you can rock beach waves this summer? No, no. Oh, wait, actually, Margo, I, I've, oh. you were supposed to read from Margot, and I'll read. That's fine. <laughs> this is fine. Oh. Everything's fine. Um, I'll just read the next line, then you'll read the following. Okay. Right. Now, now, now Margot. Now. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm so confused. <laughs> I'll read this one. You read next. Okay. Now, now, Margot. Don't be cruel. Come on, Elle. I know a little lighthearted cruelty gets you frisky. He even liked Quentin's hair. Wanted to tangle it in his fingers and squeeze his fist around it and watch Quentin's lips part as he gasped for air. 
This especially was shameful. He could never admit to liking Quentin's hair. Quentin's hair was awful. Oh, I have to say this line. You do have to say this line. <laughs> you want to go for round two, cowboy? Quentin leaned into <laughs> him in the dark hallway, mouth whiskey sharp and begging. They were alone in the cottage together, bored and drunk, and he hadn't expected the response he'd received to a stupid, half-joking offer. Rough hands pulling at the buttons of his shirt, teeth nipping at the edge of his jaw, and hot breath against his skin. Quickly, too quickly, Quentin's hands found their way down the front of his trousers, confident and needy. Don't chicken out on me now. Quentin whispered into his mouth, his hips dropping into a just the side of too rough, rough downward grind, pressing him into the mattress. Elliot tried not to gasp, tried not to desperately arc up into Quentin's touch, but he did, anyway. I just want you to be sure, Elliot said as he slid his hands up Quentin's sides under his uh, t-shirt, his fingertips following the curve of his ribs and goosebumps rising against his skin. The room smelled like red wine and stale cigarettes, and it wasn't right, not like this. You're junk, you're drunk, Hugh. Too drunk. Cutting him off, Quentin pressed his mouth against his own, bruisingly hard, then pulled back to look him in the eyes, slightly unfocused pupils peeking out behind his sweaty, tangled hair as he licked his palm. Well, you know what they say. Quentin murmured as he wrapped his fingers around him and twisted his grip in just the right way. Elliot pressed his forehead into the dip of Quentin's throat and clutched his fingernails into sweat slick skin on his back, trying to convince himself that this was everything he'd been longing for as Quentin whispered in his ear. Second time's the charm, right? Afterwards, he'd sat on the floor outside the bathroom while Quentin vomited. He knew he'd gotten what he wanted, sort of, but still. He wondered if he ever should have wanted it at all. And then, um, so yeah, that's a little dark, but like very on brand for magicians. Um, like the whole show is just really fucking dark. There's very little light to be found, but like when there is, it's really fun, but like it is dark. Um, good show though. Really good show. Really fun. Uh, yeah. So do we have time? Are you down to read the next one? Or like, I mean, it's just me reading it because there's no, uh. Um, how long do we think it will take? Because actually, yeah, I have a lot of things a lot I need longer to than do. I thought it was. I'm not gonna spoil it then, or I'm not gonna read it. But um, it's a really good example of pining, and I think people who are longtime listeners would be surprised that I didn't pick Miraculous Ladybug to use for pining because the entire ship, like the entire fucking show, is pining. Um, and that's because skip ahead ten seconds for season five spoilers. That's because, like, now that Marinette and Adrian, like, are officially a couple and, like, there's not really any pining involved, it, like, I, I, we, fin- we, Nick and I watched season five's finale the other day and, like, we feel really weird about the whole thing. So, like, um, I'm, like, I'm a little on edge for Miraculous, but, like, earlier Miraculous fix are, like, peak pining because the entire show focuses on the love square, right? So it's, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like, he loves her, she loves him, but... He loves it's like literally just like one character, two characters, right? Two of secret identities. None of them know like the secret identities of each other, so they're just it's literally a love square. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna read it because I don't want to take too much time tonight. But it's called like Ships in the Night by Hookapop, um, like H O O K A H P O P, Hookapop, and it's rated general. It's it's short and sweet. It's like a thousand words, and it's literally just um like each of their identities realizing that they love all of the identities and then ending, um, you know, with the reveal, but it's not like an intense reveal. It's a very short and easy read. And I, I would recommend it to anybody who's interested. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I think we can end it there. Obviously. I love um, I found the fan fiction name. Oh, that, oh, that the really good Stucky fan. Fiction oh. that everyone should read. Even if you don't think you like Stucky or like, College, you please. Read I was wondering what you were typing. I kept hearing you like type something. I'm like, what's she, what's she looking for? Um, so it's called Karma's a Fake Orgasm by Daisy. Yes, on that's it. it's so good. Please read it. If you read it, please email us with your thoughts because I want to talk about it with more people. It was like I don't recommend fix to people. She like I'm never. Liz I'm like never, literally like, doesn't remember fix. I don't. She doesn't this even have an AO3 account, guys. I don't. This is the only fic I care about and the only fic I tell people to read. Please fucking read it and talk about it with me. Thank you. Um, uh, sorry, we can continue. That's okay. Uh, that's, we, that was perfect to end on. We're yeah. both, we both love pining. That's it. We both love pining so <laughs> much. So what's your social media, Gabs? You guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Lady the Nerd. Liz, what about you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Talk out lazily, Liz. And what about the show? 
You can find the show on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Trope Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Trope Podcast or the Trope's Battle for Dominance. If you need to email us for any reasons, comments, questions, concerns, good Maze Runner, good Twilight fanfiction. Also, if you read that fanfiction and have thoughts on it, please email us at tropedominance at gmail.com. Please rate, comment, follow, subscribe, comment, whatever it is, wherever you listen to the show. It helps us a lot. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And the next place that we're expecting to do a live show, not guaranteed, but we're pretty sure we're going to do it next, is going to be at Holiday Matsuri in Orlando, Florida, um, which is going to be, like, literally the week before Christmas. So if you're going there, come check us out. If not, we will talk more about it. And Nick might film it. Um, We'll see. Remains to be seen. But thanks, guys. (laughs) Have a great one. We'll see you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.